everybody. This is Stephanie Rupert. Thank you for tuning in to episode 4X of the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we uh, reinvent, rethink, and gain a deeper understanding of the stuff that matters most. Now, uh, I said today was episode 4X. What I mean by that, this is an uh, experiment I will be running for the next few weeks. Bear with me if you don't like it. Just let me know. I will be doing a brief recap, debrief, episode after each episode to chat a little bit about any questions you might have had um, that people have sent to me, uh, how these ideas, these often very abstract ideas that we talk about in these episodes, how they can apply to our everyday lives, um, what we can do in our relationships with ourselves or with other people um, to make better sense of things. Um, basically, just give you my take on whatever is concerning for you or for us. Um, like I said, this is an experiment. Perhaps you won't like them. Just let me know. I will be soliciting your feedback because I only want to provide what's good for you. Also, if you don't like these episodes, just feel free to skip them uh, as ever. As some quick notes. Um, a, show notes can be found at stephanieruper.com. As ever, I am doing a giveaway for uh, free books. I do this uh, as a gesture of thank you for reviewing the podcast. So if you do a review on iTunes, take a screenshot of your review as you're doing it, send it to tmoeverything at gmail.com, and you will be entered into a drawing to get a book of your choosing off of a list of books that I love and adore and have read and are on my bookshelf. And I will just uh, send it to you if you win. So. Uh, those are all important things. If you have any feedback or questions, what have you, always feel free to email at tmoeverything at gmail.com. Uh, so that's that for the intro stuff. In episode four, we had on Brent Nombri, who is a really brilliant researcher, a really courageous researcher who's asking questions people don't often ask in his specific subfield in the study of religion. He looks at ancient manuscripts and the biblical canon and attempts to see it through the eyes of somebody who has troubled the concept of religion. Now, this is a pretty contentious idea that I talked about in the episode with Brent, and I wanted to spend a few minutes today to talk about uh, what it can mean for our personal lives or our society. So we spent the entirety of episode four deconstructing the category of religion. And what I mean by that is understanding where it comes from. You know, why does it have these parts? And as it turns out, this category was created by Western explorers and academics when they were trying to make sense of the plurality of religions that were uh, popping up around Europe at the time and the plurality of religions that they were encountering around the world uh, as they were uh, exploring and of course exploiting it. And so when we learn this, you know, we spend all of this time talking about what are the origins of religion? Why are people religious? You know, but to me, that's almost a backward question it doesn't necessarily apply. We can't say that the origin of religion is 10,000 or 30,000, 50,000 years ago because religion, the origin of religion is 
you know, 1561, 1551, 15, it was in the 16th century that the word religion was beginning to be used in this particular way, right? So something Brent and I talked about was uh, briefly that I can expand on a little bit is that the word religion comes from the Latin root religio, which means binding. Now, when you start taking religion classes, the first thing you learn is that religion meant binding. And usually they, the professors or whoever's teaching the course or the textbook take that to mean uh, binding and, oh, isn't that like a cute little way that our word has changed over time? And it actually just means religion as we see it today, right? And they just sort of gave it, it has the same meaning throughout time, but that's not true. The meaning of the word has changed a lot. So religion, this binding initially meant something more like an inner piety. It meant your devotion. And so people were always seeking to have good religion true religion. The phrase they actually used was true religion. And today we hearken back to these ancient thinkers and we say, oh, or medieval thinkers, we say, oh, they were seeking true religion. They must have been like looking for the right way to think about Christ, or they must have been doing the same thing we're doing, you know, with our uh, diverse culture, pluralistic culture, looking for the right way to the right belief system. But that's not what they were doing. They had a particular idea or set of ideas or texts or what have you but the religion that they sought was their commitment to it you know it wasn't this thing that we used to categorize people it wasn't this institution that you were loyal to although you were loyal to an institution since religion is not how we thought about it you know um it was piety and then the first thing that began to change in this idea was it actually in some ways came from the invention of the printing press. So throughout the medieval period, people had, many people had attempted to change or reform the way that their churches functioned or what have you. And usually they were burned at the stake or something, right? They were tortured, considered heretical. Um, very few people had any kind of success troubling or destabilizing the way that the church functioned. The church was in the power in the medieval period. But once the printing press was developed in 1455, um, Martin Luther, who we all know as the founder of Lutheranism, or the man after which Lutheranism is, was founded, uh, had his 95 theses, and they say he nailed it to the door, although that's not entirely confirmed. Uh, and people could read it, you know, and he in part had these ideas because people were now, due to the printing press, able to get Bibles into their own hands. Now, not everybody, but, but the wealthier people and learn how to read, you know, or, um, and read things outside of Latin. You know, Latin had been the academic language for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so it was only accessible to priests and to people at the very, very top, to men at the very, very top of, you know, the social, academic, religious orders, what have you. And then once, once the printing press came along and people began to be able to print things in 
vernacular, you know, in their native tongue, then you could access the Bible on your own. You didn't need the priest to interpret it for you. And this was, you know, precisely Luther's point and, and many others. And the word could spread and also gain power behind it. You know, there was an alliance of churches behind Luther, or sorry, an alliance of princes uh, behind these ideas, behind Lutheranism, and they had power and they could make a stand against the church. And at this point, it was better for the church to allow these groups to exist than it was to try to squash them, politically speaking. And all of a sudden, Protestant groups started popping up everywhere, people interpreting the Bible differently, interpreting the way that they wanted to uh, relate to the church in the Bible differently. And then, then all of a sudden they had this plurality on their hands and religio, religion, stopped being this inner piety and began to be how different pieties were, were sought. You know, it began to be about your belief system because now you had different beliefs that nobody ever had like an official different belief from their neighbor. And except for some except exceptions, like the Covenancia in Spain, where people lived alongside each other with peace and tolerance. But usually that didn't happen, and now it had to happen, right? And, and this is the root of religion as we see it today, is, was the generation of difference, and then deciding that your beliefs would characterize, you know, who you are and how you relate to other people. And, and, and your identity. You would be identified with your beliefs, this like inner piety. And as we talked about on the podcast with Brent, your nation state needed you to turn your beliefs into something that was private, that was inner, that was about your beliefs, because there were too many, you wouldn't be able to coexist with people if you insisted, you know, that everybody be the same or think the same or what have you. You needed to be secular in a sense. And so that's where that all comes from. And now in today, we're, we have turned religion, you know, we've created this idea of religion of having this sphere of your life where you relate to maybe a supernatural entity or a text or a community or what have you. But like I said, when we talk about the origins of religion, this is it. It's not, it's not somewhere deep in ancestral history. It's not somewhere deep you know, there wasn't uh, like a God gene, uh, at least I don't think so. There wasn't uh, some sort of development of a particular thing in us that makes us religious with a capital R. Really, in my opinion, like humans are human and we like narratives and we make sense of things as best we know how. And before science, like detecting agents in the environment, detecting gods or spirits or people or whatever, ghosts, was a perfectly natural and see no reason for it to be wrong way to account for things, you know, and, and, and that's, it's a basically human way to account for things because we're social creatures. So it makes sense for us to think, to make sense of other things in terms of agency, in terms of, you know, their sociality. And so we see agency everywhere. And, you know, we've, we have moral codes. So our societies can function and all these sorts of things. And that's just how people were. And that's how people, are. And today we have taken bits and pieces of how people are and were and are and put them into this category. But the question shouldn't be, why are we religious, quote unquote? The question should be, why are we no longer behaving the way that humans used to behave? 
you know, why do we now reject these narratives? And we know that the answer is by and large science, uh, which is interesting, but the, this way of relating to things, you know, of just being human is human. It's, it's the natural way that humans always were. And now we live kind of a deeply unnatural way. And that's why we need the concept of religion. We need it because we have distanced ourselves from the way that humans used to function. And we have taken some things and, and shuttled them off into one realm. And now we fight about it all the time, you know, whether religion is legitimate or not. And, and, and then everything else, you know, exists in other worlds. And we have this, again, this monolithic science that's very important, but that has posed serious obstacles to the way that we function. You know, it's changed us radically and, and we really don't even understand how much but it really has as as writing as a technology you know um and so the implications for how we live in today's world with this category of religion are really enormous you know like take nazi germany for an example because it's a huge example and, and easy to access there are people on, uh, who fight about whether this regime was christian or atheist and of course, the Christians want the regime to be atheist and the atheists want the regime to be Christians. But what we see here is people being human. You know, why do we have to put this category on it? What does religion mean anyway? People were struggling and whether there was religious rhetoric used or not, and for in some instances there was and in some instances there wasn't, people were compelled by a promise of what I would call salvation. People were compelled by promises of fulfillment, wealth, prosperity, a utopia. Like there's an enormous group of scholars who are creative subfield called utopia studies who study precisely this and take as foundational the fact that like humans are human and we are compelled by promises. This isn't a religious thing. It's not a not religious thing. All sorts of things can make promises to us, you know? gods, presidents, autocrats, fascists, um, and, and more, you know, boyfriends and lovers and, and whatever, you know, the things that we think can save us and we get attached to them. And, and religion is just, again, religion as we see it today is just one variety of it, but we need to be aware of this because we're, we're villainizing one another, but all, in the end, we're all just human. And the things that people tend to find distasteful about religion, such as, you know, choosing to ignore science or choosing to be irrational or what have you, and I'm putting those in quotes, like the irrationality that the secular world perceives in religion is a problem. You know, unquestioning acceptance of a belief, I think, is a problem. But these things are not, quote unquote, religion. And what is, quote unquote, religion anyway? now that we know that we sort of invented the category, it doesn't have to be anything and it shouldn't be identified with any specific thing, whether that's, again, a faith or, or, or not, unquestioning acceptance of a dogma or not. It shouldn't be considered that way because people can unquestioningly accept a dogma anywhere, anytime, with any kind of promise, whether it's supernatural or very material. So anyway, those are a few more cents that I wanted to sort of round out that conversation that we had with Brent. Um, I do not, since the podcast is just going, getting started, I didn't have 
uh, the time to solicit some people's questions on these ideas. Uh, but in forthcoming VCAP episodes, I will be um, directly responding to questions. So please send them to tmoeverything at gmail.com and I will definitely, uh, definitely get to them. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. If you would like a free book as ever, uh, just take a snapshot of your review and email it to tmoeverything at gmail.com. And you can find out what books they are at stephanieruber.com slash book giveaway. And if you don't know how to write a review, go to stephanieruber.com slash review and you can find it there. We'll tune in next week with a brilliant interview from a woman named Lisa Sedaris who is challenging how people function in both religion and science and breaking down barriers left and right. And she's brilliant. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please take care and I will talk to you next time.